1: boss hog of liberty my god welcome to the boss hog of liberty podcast this is episode number two hundred and eighty one of e favorite podcast i'm jeremiah Morrill, uh joined today by my forever co-host uh mr dakota davis and executive video audio engineer producer zachary burcham dakota what are we gonna do today Today's
0: episode is a flashback to the early days of the podcast where we have uh, some chicken scratch notes that Jeremiah put down on the back of a piece of scrap paper. Um, I was busy today and didn't write show notes. That was my failure, but we're going to be talking to you guys about some different committees and different boards that are going on in the county. Um, Corey Criswell has sent out his legislative survey for the, uh, uh the Indiana House District. And then um, also Jeremiah has something written written down that says nothing will change. And then we also have seasonal affective disorder. So we're going to be, uh, you know, ending the show on a very high note tonight.
1: And I threw something in there for Zach and I to have a little gripe session. at the. I don't end.
0: know what it means. I didn't
1: talk about it. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> Anytime there's an acronym that Dakota doesn't know what it is, after the USAC incident, he he no longer tries to guess at at acronyms. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh we just did, I don't know, 20 minutes or 25 minutes for the patrons, for the uh, the folks that pay the bills and make it all happen uh on uh on on Towners visiting downtown Indianapolis on Dakota's upcoming birthday surprise and uh the the miracle of adoption. And, yes. and the other thing we teased last week that we're still going to continue to tease of Dakota's commitment. Event. We'll say commitment. His event that he's going to participate in. We got to thank some people.
0: That's right. Patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. That is where you can go to support the show on a monthly basis, monetarily every month. The, uh, they start out at around $5 a month and they go all the way up to $50 a month. If you uh, sign up for $50 or more a month, then you get a shout-out at the front of every episode. And those folks are Mr. Jonathan Phillips from uh, our favorite car dealer in the continental United States. Mr. Anthony Meyer, who's trucking the roads and keeping your goods going to the stores this holiday season. And then, of course, the fabulous Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Indiana, our favorite Norwex
1: dealer. John is also a candidate for the... Uh, s- city council, city Two. council, yeah. So, keeping an eye on that as well as we get uh, as we get closer. Uh, there's some merch. There's some merch for the patrons that should be on the way if it's not in the
0: mail already. Right? It's not on the way. I made a mistake. Um, oh, bought the wrong size mailers. So you didn't have all the postage on the mailers already, did you? No. Um, gonna have to buy some more mailers tomorrow when I get paid. I don't have money, so it's gotta wait. Um. <laughs> sorry. Hey, look, you're doing this
1: out of your pocket, man. There's no, nobody's complaining.
0: Those are going to be coming out, you know, whenever Amazon sends me the mailers and then I'll package them up and send them. Although Audrey did package up the ones that aren't being mailed and I will be bringing those to the studio for the Christmas episode because they're wrapped like Christmas gifts. So Zach, Jeremiah, you guys have some Christmas gifts to deliver
1: yourselves. That'll be fun. That's wonderful. Looking forward to it. All right. So here's, here's what we have planned. There are, this is where this conversation came from. I happen to know that there's some road construction coming to Henry County and we were talking to, uh, I, I, wait, I guess we'll call him an alumni, uh, boss hog co-host, Cade Coger. Uh, he's, uh, invested in this community, has a family business that, uh, that's involved, uh, at L and K produce stand. And I said, "Hey, Cade, you got some orange barrels coming your way this year." He's like, "What? Huh? What?" And it—they're going to be working on the bridge just north of the uh, the produce stand. So there's an abandoned railroad. That's the big bridge that's uh, up around 300 north. That you don't realize why there's a bridge there. there used yeah. to be a railroad there. So you go up and over. Indot is going to do some work next year on that bridge. And we said, "Hey, uh, that's cool." By the way, you're going to have like 14 foot wide between the concrete barriers, so good luck getting some of your equipment through there uh, when that's uh, when that's going on. But and he's like, man, it'd be great if these guys paid attention to the fact they're disrupting local businesses three three out of five years or whatever that we've got all this all this work coming on in three because further south there's going to be some major construction on the mainline State Road three as well, and it's we're not doing it all at one time. We just keep coming back in and going after it.
2: And man, last I heard, we still have a hole where 38 used to be over the blue river. First.
1: So still efforting that one. Yeah. Uh, my day job was not involved in that particular project. So the interesting thing is that, uh, our new state representative, Corey Criswell, representing Henry Township here, uh, he is going to be serving on the House Roads and Transportation Committee. So we do have a local voice, uh, the transportation committee. Is what oversees Indot and provides for their funding and all of the all the bills that affect them. So the folks that take care of State Road Three, State Road One Hundred Three, State Road Thirty Eight, US Thirty Six, US Forty, all of these roads that come straight through our community, even uh, even I seventy mean, is maintained by Indot. They, your your voice is going to be on the committee that matters. So as a community,
2: if you've got concerns, you get somebody to talk to. What you're telling me though is that there's still a chance. For the one hundred three seventy interchange, I mean the Cause, the cause local. It's true we didn't we didn't lose a seat if in that Jerry Walden, the Jerry talks Walden Memorial, to Corey
0: Criswell enough. Yeah, it could happen.
2: I mean, that's, I'll be honest. That was the first thing I thought was like, so you're telling me there's still a chance? Uh, Corey will also
1: be serving on the House Environmental Affairs Committee, uh, so and the House Public Policy Committee. Uh, J D Prescott covers uh, a portion of Henry County as well. Uh, I think he has Stony Creek Township, but I could be wrong. Uh, He's going to be on the House Agriculture and the Rural Development Committee, the House Judiciary Committee, and the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, And then State Representative Brad Barrett, who I think has a portion of Liberty Township, he's going to be chairing the House Public Health Committee. Uh, He's serving on the Ag Committee and the Rural Development Committee, along with the House Insurance Committee.
0: This this would be uh, it would be cool if our state rep would come on the podcast and explain this to me. I'd love to know how the committee assignments are delegated and made because, like, they don't—they've never met him before. Oh, he's—he was at organization day. Okay, so that's something that happened. I, this is what I'm saying. I don't know how it—it it happens. Yeah, they. I mean, I—he's not been to his first sessions yet. So, I'm one. I what I don't know is like how they know who to assign to what committees. Does Corey go, transportation is really, really important to me? So they go, okay, you can be on that committee. And he's like, environmental affairs is
1: really important to me. And they say, okay, Corey, environmental affairs, that's all you, bud. Essentially what happens is you request committees you want to be on, and then the speaker appoints you to committees, and they have a balance between the, you know, as it's made up now, the R team and the D team. Uh, they each have a certain number of people that proportionally that go in these committees based upon their balance in the, in the legislature. And they had organization day where they pick their speaker. And then the speaker goes ahead and makes the appointments for the, for the R team, since it's an R speaker, and says, hey, yep, you get this one, this one, and this one. What happens is that when you get in trouble with your caucus, that's when they start to penalize you and they say, nope, you're no longer on that committee. We're stripping you of your committee assignments. You've heard that before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what happens is is if you get on the wrong side, now you lose that power and you're still a member of the House or you're a member of the Senate, but you don't get to be involved in those committee meetings where they they decide what's in that specific legislation. Gotcha. It's a lot easier to shape a bill or uh, adjust a bill there. So, all right. So I wonder if
0: there's also like different things for, I mean, any job that you go to, the new guy gets the crappy assignments happens anywhere in any job. I wonder if that kind of applies the same way at the state house. Like if you're a brand new elected official, if you're going to get, you know, your, your requests matter less than someone who is like Tom Saunders, who had been there for decades
1: making requests. The committee that everybody wants to get appointed to, you guys want to take a guess as to which one that is? Hmm. No idea.
0: I
2: didn't even guess transportation. No, power are the purse strings? Ways and means. Ways and means. I was say I knew. Congressionally, ways and means was that's a huge. Yeah. Community to get on. I just thought covers. like you know infrastructure
0: people would, especially right now with all the projects. Yeah, if you can funnel
2: money into your home district for road yeah. projects, then that's some that's some killer power. At least that's killer power to give to get voted back in like that's you can yeah. directly serve your constituents in a way that will make them happy enough to vote for you again but ways and ways and means is the same thing as you can just funnel money around but just without necessarily being for roads yeah that's that, i would say ways and means is
1: probably the most uh, desirable committee uh sure. when when these guys are making their requests and that's what happens you're trying to get on the right side of the speaker so you're doing favors to the speaker to the people in power that are making those decisions you're trying to be likable so that you get the you know, you get appointed to the stuff that, uh, that matters to you. Right. And Tom's kind of touched on that a lot before. Yeah, he wound up he wound up in the penalty box a number a number of times over the years. So in our mailboxes this week, uh, our new representative Criswell uh, sent us some mailers. And they the way these work is there are there's a pool of questions that comes comes out and the legislators are allowed to choose certain questions out of the pool. And say here's here's what I want to ask about, or here's here's here are the things that I want to know about from my district. And I'm very interested to see what these results are, uh, but also the choice of the questions that, that you see kind of gives you an idea of what the legislator might be thinking about, what what priorities they might have, and and trying to get a baseline for information. So the first question that Representative Criswell selected said that there was a recent nonpartisan study committee uh, commissioned by the Legislative Services Agency. Uh, dealing with Indiana health care spending being nearly 4% higher than comparable states and has increased faster over the last decade. Should Indiana take more action to limit the out-of-control costs of health care? So people want to know, basically they're polling to see if government should get more involved with health care costs in the state of Indiana. It's kind of a, uh, it, it's interesting how that question is written to me. Yeah, you can write, you can, and once again, these they're from a bank of questions, so it's not like right. any no, individual like legislator writes the question; they just get to pick it. Uh, the next one is dealing with a uh, with a school issue, saying that uh, it's essentially asking, "Do you want there to be legislation uh, prioritizing how school resources are used if they go to classrooms, teacher pay, uh, salaries? How do you want money involved? Uh, legislature, basically, do you want the state legislature?" saying where pay has to go, or if you don't do that, then I would assume it would fall to the school boards, would be the other side of it. Uh, he asked a question about should Indiana do more to ensure every community has access to fast, reliable broadband? Um, do more is always an interesting interesting thought, Zach. Yeah. Should we do more? And then the two that told me something here, the, the ones that were just not generic, fly-by, whatever. Question number four, do you support the legalization of marijuana? Yes, no, undecided. And the other question that we asked on this show of every candidate that came through the door, do you support the legislation of medical marijuana? Yes, no, undecided. I'm curious to see what our state representative's opinion is on this, because I've not heard it yet myself of either of these. I want to see what the survey says, but I also want to hear what our state representative's actual opinion is. So, what What do you think this tells us, Dakota? Anything?
0: Um, I did think it was interesting. He picked the uh, which education question he did pick um, because that's something that we didn't really address head on. But it was something that I had, I was looking for. Um, this idea that the state should uh, mandate to school corporations how much of their budget needs to be spent in which areas. it was something that I was interested to see if any candidates brought up. That's why I didn't bring it up in show notes ourselves. Um, So I thought it was interesting that that was put in there because it was already a thought that I had had in my head. Um, And then the fact that, you know, for a very short survey, he
1: picked out two questions. 40% of the survey is dealing with cannabis.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: I think that that gives me the idea that once again, we have a Republican General Assembly, but as you're getting people from this next generation in, maybe you have some more open minded thought, or at least we're going to have this conversation.
0: Right. Well, and you know, more and more uh, like law enforcement officials have been talking about how they kind of view it as a waste of time to be dealing with uh, marijuana arrests, marijuana charges. It takes away from, from, They're already very busy schedules that they are trying to adhere to, Um, every single law that they're trying to enforce already. And then you kind of get into this weird area where if, if a cop lets one person go, then they don't let the next person go.
1: If you just that's such a moral gray area, if you you simply take that away, just legalize it and move on, we can all move on with our lives. We don't have to keep talking about the damn thing.
0: Right. I mean, ask any cop who they would rather have to deal with on a Saturday night, a drunk guy or a guy high. They're all going to say the dude that's high on weed. Everyone hates dealing with a drunk person, everyone, let alone a cop, because if they're there, they're probably aggressive. It's, they're not. They're probably not a happy drunk if the cops have to be called. So, you know, I, I just think it's time. I don't think it should be a partisan issue. It seems ridiculous. If the Republicans want to say that they support the police, then well, I mean, maybe the police unions have an official position, but I know that that's not the personal position of a lot of uh, law enforcement personnel that
1: I personally know. You know, you're out here. Promoting your cannabis in a Merle Haggard T-shirt right now,
0: Mama tried. <laughs> was... It says, "Yeah, I'm, and he I'm was... the guy that's been getting
1: drug tested since I was 18." <laughs> I just the uh, the irony of uh, Merle Haggard hanging around with Dick Nixon and his war on drugs, and here you are promoting cannabis yeah. Ref, uh, reform with uh, with your Merle Haggard T-shirt is crack, cracking me up today. All right, so let's let's shelf this idea. We'll, we're going to come back to it. We're going to watch the legislative assembly as, uh, as things come along. Uh, and as we get into January and February, March, that's, this is the long session coming up. Uh, that's going to be one of the themes of the show throughout the, uh, throughout the spring. Um, next week, we're do a little Christmas episode. So we're going to have a little bit more fun that way. Or At least Patreon will be Christmas next, uh, next week's actually going to be a total changeup. It's going to mm-hmm. be another, another version of Boss Hog we've done before, but something, something different. Um, last week's show, when we spoke with, uh, I want to say, yeah, councilman, city councilman, Peck and Paul, we were all excited about this prospect of a new neighborhood being built. Yes, uh, just alongside Rain Tree Heights, a couple miles north of town in Henry County, and on paper, it all seemed like it would be smooth sailing, Dakota. You're putting a neighborhood in. We need to grow the tax base. Everybody's excited. Somebody wants to develop some property. There's city sewer, city water out there. there it's alongside. It's surrounded by homes. What could possibly Rex, go wrong? Th- Rex had some reservations
0: about needing to make sure that uh, the city wasn't going to be spending too much money on putting the infrastructure there. And then no one moves there.
1: Well, so, I think I th- if I remember correctly, Rex said he was concerned that people would move out of the city to move there. Yeah. Was his big concern was that you're going to drain the, the core population of the city. Yeah. So they had a planning commission meeting tonight at the courthouse. It was still going on, uh, when we went on the air today, but I got to listen to about an hour and a half of it. Uh, and the committee heard testimony from the developer. They heard testimony, uh, from the city, from Mayor York, who apparently in his, in his statement today, he said there are seven residential developments that are starting in 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 henry township zach are you hearing this seven seven of them being built six of them are in city limits one this one here that we're discussing is uh is actually in the county so the county zoning affects one of these seven proposed places uh it's currently zoned for rural residential which means that any homes would have to be on an acre and a half lot or larger but they're looking at uh Ch- changing it to an R one or an R two, which allows for smaller, smaller lot sizes, which is what a lot of the other homes in the area are. I think I live in an R one uh, in the White Estates area. I think Rain Tree Heights is, is an R one, so they would be making it match that. The number of people with an opinion that was that found a way to be upset over homes being built in this community, Dakota. I'm always surprised. I'm always surprised at how we have we come up with the reasons why we don't want to change anything. What well, I'm I'm surprised that you're surprised. I <laughs> you should know not I know, it didn't <laughs> occur to me. Last week I thought
2: this is per- this is great. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, you looked at the chunk of land and it you don't even know it's there. I'd like I was like I was just looking up just trying to double check like where it was and like trying to its relation to ne- to neighboring neighborhoods. Like for the general public, they will not even know that this development goes in because you can't see it. The access won't be off of a road that anybody is on generally unless you're going to or from uh, a place of incarceration. <laughs> like it's, you're not. So you think who could be upset about it? It's not so, going to affect that many people. So here, here we go.
1: Here's the bingo card for the things that were said by the public, the general public in objection to the construction of this of this new property. This property it's 18 acres and in theory it would have up to 130 residences in it, some of those being duplexes, some being single family residences. The developer says price point is between $250 and $350,000. The concerns from the citizens included you're going to drive down my property value by building houses that are too cheap next to me. Because I have a $400,000 house and you're going to build a $150,000, $200,000 house to it next to it. So you're going to run my property value, Dakota, when you move in here.
2: Are
0: there $400,000 houses out
2: there? I'm trying to look. That's (laughs) when we need to, that's when we should have a. Well, I mean, I mean,
1: everything's worth $400,000 now. Based on recent sales. So that's, that's, that's step one. There are some folks that apparently this neighborhood wants to have their entrance off of County Road 200 North. Which is the road that has a stoplight on State Road Three? So, uh, at first okay. glance, yep. I think that's spectacular, right? There's nobody Makes turning sense. left across the highway. Nobody's coming in out, getting in trouble. Well, the complaints are: Well, there's too much traffic on the road now. You guys put a prison next to my neighborhood,
2: hmm.
1: and there's sure. all these cops flying up and down the road. Road's only twenty feet wide. Fair. It's not improved. Nobody's helped it. Nobody's fixed it. So I don't have enough road. I don't have enough road here to deal with all this traffic you're going to bring in here. That's a fair concern. Maybe the county could go, okay, we should prioritize this road next year. <sighs> okay. But if you have a road that's only 10 feet wide in in a lane, right? Do you want, do you want these, are these neighbors going to want to lose two more feet of their yard on either side so that they make a wider road? No, no, no. I'm not saying make it wider. Just, you know, the county, the county did assure the them that paving. they would repave it. Okay. Yeah. That then... it would get paved. Price is solved. Okay. All right. So you're okay with that one. Mm -hmm. How about the neighbors that say I've lived here for 20, 30, 40 years and my backyard has always been a farm behind me. And now, now you're going to ruin that for me. And I have to look at somebody else's house. I live in the country, I bought a house in the country. And now I have to look at somebody's house behind my house. Deal with it, dude. My high school history teacher built a
0: house right behind my, right behind my house. Used to be woods there. Now there's a house. My high school history teacher lives in.
2: And it's also seen that you're. It happens
0: everywhere. It's a that's, house that's also. That's part
2: of it. Like you'll be able to, like, see, you could see through some of the yards of the nearby houses to a highway. And so anytime you buy a house that's within spitting distance of a highway, then there's a chance of development. For so,
0: sure. So you do have. So by by I, the way, I'm not complaining about the house behind me. They're good neighbors. You're just saying, yeah, stuff changes.
1: School. Yeah. So there's a house. It happens. So, okay, yeah, your pristine house is alongside of a five-lane-wide state highway but in between this. Your house sits between a a state prison and a state highway, and you're upset over the traffic coming in and out, right? All right, so that was... That's like 100, you know. You're going to add, what, 200 people, probably? I I mean, if you have 130 households, I, I would say two, two and a half people per household, so maybe 300 people would be added in. You're gonna have you're gonna yeah, have people. You're gonna more, have trash trucks. That's pretty significant. You've got you've got you're growing the community. Um, next complaint that we heard that was heard. Uh, people said this thing is landlocked. I was promised that they could. I was. There's a lot of I was. I was promised. I was told. No, don't don't tell anybody really? who you were told by. But I was told. Mm. I was told it's landlocked, so they can't build there. Just like you were told that your front yard wouldn't smell like sewage. You're still efforting. Still efforting. I was told that there's a. Sp- spring in it, and you can't build on it. And there's an ordinance that says that, but they don't know what the ordinance is. <laughs> they don't. They don't know what the ordinance is, and they want somebody else to figure it out for them. But I was told. I was told. What an odd thing to bring up at a meeting. Why wouldn't you just look it up? You can look is. up ordinances. Don't know that it exists. So that was that was uh, that was on the list of protests. That one's odd. That
0: was weird to me. I don't understand it. I was told that so, there's a natural spring, and you can't build on it surely a land developer would have looked that doesn't make any sense that doesn't make any sense i don't
1: that so, that's a waste of time and then there's there's concern over the, the density right a lot of people were complaining about mm-hmm. there's just going to be too many houses back there too many houses eh. and you're you're going to try to make money by selling this property that's behind me okay what buffer am i going to have there's going to be too many houses back there it's you're going to you're going to ruin my way of life dakota
0: it's because this idea of 130
1: Units and then you go, they're duplexes. What's that look like with duplexes? You know, well, if they're duplexes, but the targeted price point is two hundred and fifty dollars to $350,000, right. so they're so gonna be nice,
0: right? What I'm yeah. going to say is, like, take a drive for these people. It's just right down the road. Take a drive down to the Wildwood edition, um, which is just to the north side of Memorial Park, right? No, to the south side of Memorial Park. And take a look at those duplexes. They're very nice. It's a really nice neighborhood. And most of those houses are duplexes. And I I think that if you are looking at um you know multi unit development in your coming to your neighborhood, that is the ideal situation.
1: If you buy a house and there's nothing developed behind it, do you have? Should you have any expectation that it's never going to be developed in your lifetime? No,
0: I mean I have full expectations that the cornfield across the street from my house will be developed, which is why I've often thought about reaching out to the farmer that owns it and saying, "If you ever think of selling, hit me up," because I know that that's that's
1: probably prime real estate right there to be developed in the future. There was a property owner in this that said. I think it's disrespectful to me for you to want to build there. You're not respecting me as a neighbor because you want to, you want to develop this property over there. Not respecting me as a neighbor because you want to give me neighbors.
2: Now I'm going to say this cause I was just doing the math and if you split it and some will be duplexes, if you split it up like 130 ways. That's like about that's a little over a 10th of an acre for each one. That's about the size of my lot. Yeah. Now get now. Uh, this week's realty movement, real real estate movements aside, I want to see you stick a quarter of a million dollar house on a on a just over a tenth of an acre lot, and make it three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right.
1: Well, I think that that would be the smallest they would possibly yeah. go with them, but it, everything that that is their top the, end. The I think courier, they're probably looking at probably at half that is the actual yeah. number. The of courier
2: homes. article
1: uh, is said one ten.
2: Yeah, I thought I saw 110, 111. So that would be a little bit bigger. But I'm just saying just like I would. And I'm sure some some
0: lots will be bigger. Some yeah. will be smaller. Some people, I know. You might have a couple of little like one-bedroom houses thrown in there. I know some people lot. that
2: live across in a neighborhood across like in that very, very close area. It would be like a mirror image to that neighborhood basically. And their dad built there and he bought the lot next to him when he built because he's like, I don't want a neighbor. So to control that, he bought the property, and so he has a buffer. So that's what some of these people should do, is if you want to control the land that you're staring at, buy it. And then you control it. you have to own it. Yeah. So, Listen, in spite I work of in, this.
0: I work in Noblesville and Carmel uh, somewhat freq- frequently uh, for work. And driving through there, it's constant. You just are constantly seeing like older houses being torn down and then giant monolithic housing additions being built there. Uh, places that used to be cornfields, places that when I was hired and I worked in Noblesville full time for a few months, uh, there was nothing. Places there that I remember there being cornfields, there are now
2: Dozens of homes. Yeah, you're you're in subdivision after subdivision. Right, daisy chain. It's
0: just it's what happens. There's a lot of people, um, and listen, Governor Holcomb. Say what you want to about him. He had this gigantic initiative about trying to get people to move to the state of Indiana. So far, it's worked. A lot of places like that, Carmel, Noblesville area. That's where um, a lot of people have been attracted to. Now, because of the housing market being the way it was and the way it is with interest rates right now, uh, places like Henry County are looking more and more attractive as affordable places to live if you're looking for
1: somewhere in Indiana. As a community, we're begging for, we we literally have a county initiative that says, make my move, right? You got to make my move and you can move to Henry County and we are going to pay you to move here. Right. And they're trying to build housing stock so that people can move here. In and a place I get that it. you've got I... sewer, water, you've got you've got all the utilities that you need to put in a, a top end neighborhood. Would would
0: I be happy if the two cornfields across the street from my house all of a sudden turned into a housing addition that was depressing to look at because the architecture of every building looks exactly the same? No. I wouldn't be ha- hap- Like I wouldn't be super pumped about it, but I would be like, "Well, just how it is? Uh, it, it's progress. It's the way it is."
1: Yeah. As we have communities, I'm not going to try are, to stop it from happening. As we have communities that are aging, and you've got problems maintaining what we have, and counties can't—they don't have the tax base, right? They don't have the tax base to maintain the services to pay for. The things we talk about on this show—fixing county buildings, paying for trails, paving 800 miles of county road—you know the issues go over and over again. Funding ambulances, paying for sheriff's departments, paying for you know all, all of these—you know, pay, you, you name it. Good, good drainage, right? All, all the stuff that folks actually care about. That all improves when you when you build houses and your community gets larger. And we've had a, essentially 40 years of a population of 48 to 50 thousand people. And now you've got folks that are trying to come in and, and build homes, and we are, as a community, saying, oh, I don't want to do that. So here's the end result. Tonight, they said, we're going to table this. The planning commission listened to the concerns, and they said they want more information from this developer. The problem the developer has is that they they could build houses there, but they'd have to be an acre and a half a piece. right now with the way the zoning is. So you could put maybe 10 homes in there, which doesn't get you to the scale that you need to have to be able to make a a development of this scale work. So you have to build roads that essentially a developer has to pay for a survey for drainage. They have to build retention ponds. They have to do curbing, uh, pay for brand new asphalt. I'll put in all the utilities to tie in, run, run your power lines. Everything would have to be done by, by this developer. And then you sell those homes. And if you're going to sell, say, say you only sell 10 homes, Four hundred thousand dollars a piece. It's only four million bucks. So that doesn't cover it, right? You got to pay for the property. You got to pay for all the stuff. It's not. You're not going to be worth a right. while. Yep. So you have to have some sort of a different number. What that is, you don't know. But without this planning or this this without this committee being able to say yes, then the project dies and the homes don't come here.
0: Yep. You want more? Uh, you want your road paved?
1: You need more people to move here. You want better schools? You want to solve school funding? Get more kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you've got to be, you got to be attractive to families I mean, like, and yeah, for people to come just, here. Yeah,
2: especially a new kid comes into a school, and that's like not a little bit. That's like a real number. Like they get thousands of dollars per kid <laughs> to yep. to have the kid in the school. So, yeah. And then they, the people plate their vehicles and they pay gas taxes and they pay wheel taxes on their plates and beverage tax. Yeah, to go down to B Dub's, get some beverage tax in there. We love food and beverage tax here. All right,
1: this next little section is just my personal complaint, and it's not—it's not a complaint. It's just a—we are in the the shortest daylight week of the year. When we come back here next week, it will be which day? What's what what day is our next show here, Dakota? It'll the twenty second. Yeah. So it will already the days will be longer. By the time we come back here, we will be back on the upswing. It'll officially be winter, but the days will be getting longer. So this is the time of the year where everybody just has a little bit maybe maybe this is the problem. Maybe this is why the, the NIMBY crowd was the way they are today, is because they haven't had enough daylight, Dakota. It's been dreary, it's been rainy, it's been depressing, and the sun sets at five twenty five in the afternoon.
2: And that's if darkness. You, That's if you get to see the sun. I left my sunglasses
1: in the other vehicle on Saturday and I haven't needed them. Yeah. It's Thursday now. I haven't, I haven't Last, seen the sun. I think it was out for about 20
2: minutes this afternoon. Last Friday I was driving was around and I saw shadows and I was like, Oh look, the sun's out. I never got to see the sun. though. It was in a different direction than I was driving. And then today I saw blue skies. I knew that there was some clearing cause I could see, I could see the sky this morning when I was running. Um, but that was well in the dark period. And so, and I saw something like, Oh, but I never actually like saw the sun. Like it's, yeah, we went straight into, it feels like, it feels like two weeks ago was the fall and it was gorgeous and it was nice. And then now we're into all the leaves are down. It's gray. It's dead. It's damp. Please give us some snow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, snow at least people complain about right. some people don't like when, snow. When you get snow, the snow, it reflects it. It, it also just looks nicer. It's right. it's a like nice clean white slate as opposed to dead brown grass or whatever's going Muddy. on. So, yeah, gross.
1: Yeah. Have you guys ever considered these lights, these seasonal affective disorder lights you can get in your house? Are you are you aware of this product? Um, this feels like a Dakota Davis thing. Hold on,
0: I know a lot about this.
1: I I felt like <laughs> I felt like this is going to be Dakota's wheelhouse.
0: Okay, um, so actually, light viewing is. Uh, pretty important to your brain health uh, and mental health as far as like the way you feel every day. There's a a big correlation between um, mental health disorders and also morning sunlight viewing and how it affects your circadian rhythm. So uh, a really good thing that people should do is within an, an hour or two of waking just go outside for like 20 minutes and just be outside to get the photons from the sun into your eyes. Even if it's kind of an overcast day or if you're,
1: if it's an overcast day, you should be out there longer. What if you wake up at 5am and the sun doesn't come up for three hours to go to if what wake the up hell at, are you supposed to do then? If your alarm is set for a quarter after four,
0: um, then you need artificial photons to be put in your eyes and they make, um, does that upset the, the wife?
1: If you have an artificial photon mean, light know. machine in, um, in the room,
0: so here's my hack. Um, basi- there's there's glasses which I put on my Christmas wish list, but I don't think I think this is the second year they've been on there, so I don't think. <laughs> but they basically go around your face, and they have these uh, basically the seasonal affective disorder lights, but they're these are have a green tint to them, which they said do something I don't know, but they shine. Basically to the bottom of your eyelid to where you're not, you know, it's not shining directly into your pupils, but you're getting that photon wash into your eye as soon as you wake up. And you could just like, like, I'll be able to, this is why I like this, because as soon as I wake up, you know, I'm going pee, I'm putting on deodorant, I'm spraying water on my face to get woken up, and then I'm going outside letting chickens out, cleaning their water, taking the dogs outside. Um, feeding the dogs, making my wife's coffee, making my protein shake. There's a lot of things I do in the morning with the glasses. Just throw those babies on, do all that stuff. But they're expensive. They're like $180. And I'm not a rich man, so I can't just be buying that stuff. So, um, Andrew Huberman, a uh, professor of neuroscience and ophthalmology at Stanford, he says to buy one of those boxes that artists used to trace like they used to trace um images okay you know what i'm talking about did you have those in elementary school A light bright um it's it's a box that's just got light bulbs in it and a basically a piece of plastic over the top of it and just kind of stare into it he says that's the cheapest option versus buying like a light therapy device
2: so it's like, it's, yeah, a little bit like an overhead projector kind of thing where it's, yeah, translucent side. i never seen one, I don't think. We didn't use them in school.
0: I'm seeing. So these are just, it's literally just a box. It's got a piece literally. of plastic on top and there's light bulbs inside. You put a piece of paper on it that's got a picture on it. And then you put another piece of paper that's blank on top of that and you trace picture. It
1: and you can trace it. I'm seeing that you can get one of these 10,000 lux light therapy boxes for like thirty dollars, right? 30, 35 bucks, and you can solve your depression.
0: You want to know what my solution is, Jeremiah? You've got some sort of goggles you're wanting to wear around, like well, a those. Nerd. Are, those are what I really want. But here's the salute Here's what I do every day. I've been doing it
1: for months, like since
0: probably this whole year. Actually,
1: maybe I mean. I, are you overdoing it? In June, you don't need this. No, you you
0: do need it. I mean, it's the seasonal up effective like 18 disorder. Eighteen hours a day. Seasonal affective disorder is more severe, but what this helps with is setting your whole circadian rhythm. So if you're like me and now, you try to wake now up, I no longer trust you. I, you've gone crazy on me. If you try to wake up really early in the morning, and you need to, and it's difficult, then like for me i wake up at 4:15 my alarm goes off at 4:15 i my body needs to get into that rhythm to where i'm i'm awake at 4:15 and then 16 hours later my brain starts to produce more melatonin and i can naturally put myself to sleep uh that's difficult if you're constantly going in and out of different cycles so like that's why i try not to sleep in super late on the weekends because that can really mess things up but here's my solution to the light. Instead of having the goggles, I walk around like this every morning. Just you just, just
1: do this. You are like a. You, so Creepy. he's taking his cell phone and walk he's... walk around with my he's phone just, light. You are like so. Right do at, you think? Pointed right at my nose. All right. So the way Dakota's doing this is he's he's basically lighting himself up like he's a, a YouTube star. Yeah. Do you think that, or he's telling scary stories at a campfire? Do you think that all of these? creators on Instagram are happier because they have lights in their face the entire time. I don't Do you think know they're beating a- seasonal affective disorder because they're special because they're, because they're, they're getting the clicks inadvertently because they've got these lights on them. They're happier. So it's interesting that I didn't see you wrote down seasonal
0: affective disorder for the notes tonight. I didn't know that th- that's where you're taking it because I- I've never made the correlation with my mood. I know Andrew Huberman's talked about it some. I've never noticed a difference with my mood. I do know for a fact that whenever I started shining my flashlight in my face every morning, I get to bed earlier and when I need to be going to bed and I wake up easier.
1: What about people like me that suffer from migraines? If you listen to the Patreon, you flash yeah, a you, light in mean, my you eye. You can do that. I'm going straight back to bed. But you
0: don't wake up as early as I do. You have that opportunity that within two hours of waking, because you said what? Your alarm goes off at like seven?
1: Uh, yeah. So, well, no, no. The alarm goes off at 6.15. I rise around seven. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you get up my, around seven. My bride suffers through six different, give me five more minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, a, a, occurrences. I'm going to a
2: question about your technique. Do you have one alarm and you repeatedly hit the snooze or do you have like six alarms?
1: So I, I use Google. So every evening before I go to bed, I declare to Google when I would like it to wake me up. And it's never the same. It might be six fifteen, it might be six forty. It, de- it just depends upon what I think I have going on the next day. Because sometimes I travel for my for my job and I have to get up at five and leave. So
2: this goes into your rhythms thing. And up to- <laughs>
1: there's some randomness to it. And then there will be days where I'm actually up at six forty and there's days where I can squeeze it out till seven oh five and still be fine.
2: All been I'm not great though. I have four different Times I get up in five days, depending on how far I'm running, remote or not remote, and yeah, just generally like what day it is.
1: I don't know that so, we're machines that have to wake up at the now. All of that said, six fifty, I'm up whether I set an alarm or not. My body is waking me up at six fifty. That's your
0: natural rhythm, yeah. Six fifty,
1: yeah. I, I I can
0: be all over the place. That's and that's why I I started really looking into this because I
1: can. Now it took me a month and a half to retrain six fifty after we did the bullshit time change in November, but we're there again now. I can see. I I'd
0: have no. I didn't have anything set where I'd be forcing myself awake at four fifteen based on sheer willpower, just like basically making myself do it. And then on the weekends would come, and if Jackson slept in until. or 9 o'clock on a Saturday, then I would also be sleeping in that long. And then come Monday morning, everything's so thrown out of whack because, you know, I wake up at 9 on a Saturday. I don't feel like going to bed at 9 p.m. on Saturday. I want, I'm going to stay up until midnight and then that throws off Sunday. And then Sunday night is going to be weird. And then all of a sudden I'm, you trying to wake up at 4.15 on Monday.
1: You're on trying five to structure your life like you're a toddler. Like you're trying to set it's, yourself up the same I, way I as you though, are a
0: four-year-old. That's why problem. I'm saying I had a problem the, and it needed fixed.
2: This fixed it. During the week, I go to bed at like 10 o'clock. On the weekend, I'll stay up till like midnight. And then Sunday night, I can't go to bed. Right. And then, then my alarm goes off Monday at 5.05. And I'm like, I want to die. <laughs> it, it takes till and then because the, cause the next day it goes off at 445 because I run a little longer on Tuesdays. So, yeah, so I run into that and it's not it's been a super common thing. Like and I kind of always do that. Like everybody else goes to bed and I can just stay up and like watch a movie or whatever and not get bugged. And because uh, my kids are up when I get up, like one of my sons beat me up this morning and I got up at 450. Um, You have the weirdest children in the world. uh, Yeah, (laughs) he was up watching TV at 4.50 in the morning. I was like, I know he woke up because if you check local listings for 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 this date, for the night of the 14th into the 15th, at like 3 o'clock in the morning, we had a freight train of a weather front move through. And it felt like my house was going to get blown off the foundation momentarily. And he is scared to death of see Past episode Tree Fall on Camper. He's very concerned about the life of trees, if they're dead or not, and then if it's windy, he is up. So I kinda understood why he was up. But yeah, I've but Sunday nights I will lay down and I'll like close my eyes and then like 15 minutes later I just open them up. Like it's just yeah. a switch. I'm like I'm not going to bed anytime soon.
0: Yeah, getting my circadian rhythm set. And it's I didn't do anything. I don't take any sleep supplements. And I don't do any of that. I tried Andrew Huberman also has a sleep stack. Like He takes their supplements that he takes. Oh, they're always selling you something, Dakota. Uh, he doesn't actually sell them, which is why I trust him. He doesn't sell the supplements himself. He just says that...
2: He doesn't have a discount code either?
0: No, nothing. No, that's good. He's, he's probably just, just he's, paid by the supplement company. What the Big drug, supplement. He's telling you what the drug name is, but he's not telling you what supplement company that... He He buys it from?
1: No, there's just probably one big one that you go to.
0: I did that. I took his stack. I found found it. Someone makes notes on Reddit. And I was like, okay, buy those. And then I found that there's a company that's like advertising. They sell it all. It's like all in one pill. And they're selling it. They're using his name, which is wild to me. And it's because then at the bottom, there's a disclaimer. Not associated with Andrew Huberman, but then, but if you look for it on Google, it's like Andrew Huberman's sleep stack. And I didn't take that one because that seemed fishy. I was like, that seems not right.
1: Buying like, random pills on the internet's fishy. Well, though, that just when they're,
2: when they're Walmart. like using a guy's name, but not using, but not like officially, yeah, affiliated then they with have them. to put the disclaimer, like, yeah, by the way, they're already shady, they're they're. Yeah, overarching marketing plan is shady because
0: he and he does say in his episodes if he tells you about a supplement he's like he's like I am not associated with any supplement companies and it's you know it's because there's people like that out there that are just grifting off of his name but anyway I took it and it knocked me out so hard I couldn't wake up the next day it was awful it was I was dead
2: there's no melatonin in it either. It was just other stuff. Yeah, just Melatonin doesn't help me at all. It might make me groggy the next day. I'm, I'm telling groggy. you, the light, shining the
0: flashlight in my face, it looks weird. I'm sure I look weird walking out to my chickens with a flashlight in my face. Well, until you get all those neighbors across the road, you don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah. it. But it works, man. It, it really works. I, I swear by it. I really do want the glasses a lot because it would make it easier to free up a hand. But I'm not it's one of those things I'm not going to buy it myself but if someone else bought it for me. I'd, what
1: yeah, if but. what if you went full redneck engineering and you bought yourself you got an old hard hat laying around. Mhm. For you? All right. And then we take you go down to Tractor Supply and this time of the year they've got the 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 flashlights, the real bright flashlights for like 2 3 bucks. And you start drilling, you, you go you get a little like a, a little a little clip and uh, some sort of a wire device. Maybe you go down to the hardware section and you wire up two or three of these lights so that they hit you in the face and you can strap your hard hat on and then you can go do chores and you've just got the bright lights in your face. That's not a bad idea. Maybe not a hard hat, but a regular hat. No, I like the hard hat because it's good. It's the plastic problem with and rigid. The hard
0: hat is like, where am I going to put it? You hang hat. it by
1: the door <laughs> for chores and then you wear it around the house like a yeah. crazy person. I'm thinking Chuck McGill style, like you know something Chuck would have done in Better Call Saul.
2: He's gonna like you're gonna have him dressed up like an anglerfish. Yeah, you were saying anglerfish. Yeah, anglerfish yeah. had the little white that goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yep. Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's, that's basically true. what I'm doing anyway. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm just. I think you know, we just suspend like three this. of them on the hat.
2: My problem is I'm using my cell phone flashlight to negotiate my house in the morning, so it has to be aimed down, so I don't kick or trip on a Lego or a pair of errant shoes or whatever my kids have left out. Yeah. All right,
0: I feel that pain too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Story time here. This is the this is the topic that Dakota was too afraid to discuss. the uh, The world's greatest race course, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, is hosting a sports car race in September. It's called IMSA. Which is uh, NASCAR is the owner of this division, but they're basically North America's big sports car series. They're going to come to Indianapolis for a for a three day weekend, uh, and they're going to use the road course. And last year, they promised that Zach's favorite thing at the speedway was coming back, infield camping. Three years, Zach, you got to camp. Yeah, three beautiful, glorious years along the
2: racetrack. Yep, right on the fence. Yep, you were very happy. I was ecstatic. It was the greatest weekend of my life. I was on the news at like eight times the first weekend. This is this has made Zach a, a national landmark. Yeah. I
1: hung out with Rafael you, Sanchez, Dave Calabro, and, so and just a bunch Rafael stole your spatula and you still complain to this yeah, day. Yeah,
2: burned, burned some brats because he stole my cooking utensils.
1: Well, if the Speedway gets their way with the plan they've rolled out for this IMSA weekend, the people that Rafael steals from in the future will be able to afford a new spatula. Absolutely. They won't even notice. The, as a matter of fact, they won't steal their spatula. He'll steal their chef's spatula. So what, what did it cost... In the glory days to, to camp at the speedway when they rolled this out. I believe
2: I paid $180 to park in Anfield. And I understood at the time that it was probably undervalued. And at some point it was going to go up. But Zach, it was under $200. Zach paid $200 for this. Dakota,
1: what price point do you think has Zach and I freaking the hell out? Don't. I already know the answer. You know I'm the saw number. your messages. Okay. Yeah. $1,400 or $1,500? To be in the exact same area that Zach I have was never
2: in. been so excited, and then had my excitement dashed so quickly, as to see that they wanted to double, more than double, the amount of money that they get for me just to camp for a weekend. My entire
1: month of May, yeah, cost less than fifteen hundred dollars, and that's yeah. And I'm year. out there three weekends. I have grid access for the Indy five hundred. I've got grid access for the grand prix. I, I can go through the garage area anytime I want to. I don't, I've i got my wife's tickets, my tickets, the race tickets, yeah. the whole thing, less than $1,500.
2: I think it's, that's more than my family's. And that's, we have two campsites for the race weekend and yeah, six tickets. And yeah, uh, we're in the program are kind of different. Yeah. But like, yeah. So. Much and then I was like, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, look on the map. But there's a section over here that's different. What's that? Because all this was with electric, and they do charge a, a a premium for electric. Like it normally doubles the cost of the camping because um, they bring in generators or whatever. And there was a pop up here. I'm not sure what denotes a pop up. Like I would hang a pup tent off the side of my trailer if that denoted it as a pop up. That camping, which is primitive, non electric, is seven hundred dollars. Nine hundred. It was nine hundred over nine hundred over in the turn three infield. Yeah, by the So the not track. track side, potentially blocked by a dirt track that they built there, but just kind of, yeah, all shattered. That seems insane. I And what was a real bummer was is that we never got to... You never got to say goodbye, did you? I never, yeah. I like, I like to have had one more year out of the infield and say, hey, this is the last year we're going to do it, but you guys were really good. Because we were all patient and we're like nice about asking about the list or whatever through COVID because they couldn't do it through COVID or whatever. And we were like super. I mean, I was trying to be the most well-behaved human being ever those, those weekends. And I just want one more trip back so I can wake, like tow my camper through the south tunnel and get a picture of it in front of the pagoda and stuff. And just, yeah, never again because I don't have that kind of money. I'd have to win the lottery. Here's here's my contention. Fifteen
1: hundred dollars is the camper payment for the the majority of the people that come to the speedway that are like the bread and butter folks that come. Fifteen hundred dollars covers their the cost of their rig for the year.
2: Yeah. In comparison, there is one outside the track option. In lot two, which is where we spend actually more of our money now than I used to spend a lot of it in lot six, it's $145 there. I bought my ticket today, my pass so, today. So to move from the outside to the inside only costs you about a thousand percent more. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's in, yeah. And then, and then uh, Jeremiah Amelia's like, is this a mistake? And tweeted at the track and it got a response from the El Presidente Doug in two minutes. No mistake. No mistake. This is going to be a totally different experience. I was like, "What about us? That, like, I, what about us that were like that? Experience of the GP was the greatest weekend of our lives. Like, I had the greatest time. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I, I raised a bit of a stink today over it,
1: and I I made my complaints, and we'll see. We'll see if they actually if I'm heard or not. I I am going to be very interested next September to see who in the hell, if anybody, actually. Occupied it because it's not going to be the the meat and potatoes race fans like Zach. No, no, it's going to be either. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's going to be million dollar rigs. It, there's no way that it's going to yeah, be gonna people be a with a travel. Of, it's going to be a bunch trailer. of like class A rigs. So it, it's weird. gonna it's not going to yeah. be your traditional campers. I'm I'm sure there are some folks that will pay it. That'll pay anything, but it's not going to be your the people
2: around here. And it's, it's just going to be a different vibe. I would, I would have expected, I'll be honest. Like when we were, the last year we camped in the infield, I thought, man, this is eventually they're going to catch up with us on this. There's, cause it was, I thought, I actually thought it was a little cheap. Like I know Road America, I think it's about 300 bucks to be trackside. Um, mid Ohio, $300 is a fair number. I I would pay $300. I was expecting three, three, maybe four. If they said like to reserve a trackside spot in a good, like on the, where the cars go by kind of thing. But $1,400, I was like, I mean, that, for comparison's sake, that is like 20 weekends at state parks, 20 different weekends. So that's your whole summer. You could spend your whole summer camping every weekend at a different state park and the, not spend $1,400. <laughs> so. The ask is just unreal, right? People have a fifteen to $25,000 rig.
1: So you want them to spend 10% of the value of their rig on one weekend of camping. That's, that's what they're asking for. And we are, I mean, we fly the IMS flag. We've got, you know, we promote the thing like crazy. Uh, but Zach, we are not the demographic that they're looking for, for that area.
2: I guess it's either going to, they're going for that Corvette Ferrari Kart corral people that are bringing in their four or five, eight Italia on a trailer behind the motorhome. We'll see. I, it's going to be the gentleman drivers that are in, that
1: are funding the race teams. And I, that's why I was like, maybe they just made a mistake. Maybe they didn't mean to publish this for the regular fans. And this is for the team owners, Right. Like and I'm but yeah, that's I don't think not the I don't team works pop
2: ups. No. Those um, I would think if you're gonna spend if I was gonna spend fourteen hundred dollars, I'm staying at the J Dub or at the Hill, yeah, or hey. Hilton or something. I want I want room service. Like yeah. a mini bar. A mini, yeah. a mini, Yeah. I'm gonna spend for two nights. Man, I'll go stay at Great Wolf Lodge and drive in, still save money. Great Wolf Lodge is extortion. I'll go to IRP. 1400 bucks. I'll go to IRP. We'll go I will go. camping there. How much is it at Camp Bremer? I bet it's under $1,400 at Camp <laughs>
1: Bremer. $1,400. Camp Bremer, Bremer would probably put in permanent electric hookups for us. <laughs> yeah.
2: And sewer. You know, he'd dig up his whole yard for us.
1: All right. Let's, let's get to ourselves to final thoughts. Zachary, uh, you got anything prepared?
2: No, not
1: I have JMV. Really. I mean, you're a big fan of JMV. or you sure. aware? You're not. Yeah, I'm aware. You're, you, you him more than Dan Dockich.
2: Yeah. I, I had not heard. Dan Dockich is one of those people that I could listen to six seconds of him talk and be like, I don't need to hear any more of this guy. He is it was, he was he a former IU player. He he played for yeah, he, yeah, and he played he for IU. That was the and greatest he, moments of his life, I guarantee. Yeah. He's he probably wears his letter jacket out.
1: James V, the afternoon drive host today, had a tweet today that said noodles belong in chili. And I thought, dude, he's right. That is one of the things. Top three quickest ways to start a fight in Indiana.
2: Good for him. Top three. Who instantly. Cares? Like, I, I don't really eat chili. I, I feel like
1: it's a slow call in day on the radio station, yeah. so we're going we're gonna to go chili. We're going like, to talk about chili.
2: I like GMV enough that I'll usually, I've got his feed is like they'll podcast out his segments and I'll try and periodically check them for IndyCar people. Cause he'll have IndyCar people on there and he's what he's educated enough to have a good conversation with an IndyCar person. So I, I don't really eat chili. I don't like chili necessarily. Oh, I've man, eaten this really? once in a while. So, but I like, why is not it just one of those things that everybody can agree that it's a canvas by which you can make your own creation within oh, that's, like, that's what makes it so good. Some within some general parameters And the noodles, not noodles, beans, no beans, whatever that is. That's that's all up to you. It's like it's like pizza, soup. Dakota, Uh, your wife today
0: asked noodles, beef, noodles, beans, tomatoes,
1: uh, green chilies, jalapenos. That's mine. Yeah, Dakota and I could be friends. Um, The chili. Shouldn't have the noodles, but whatever. I've grown to accept a, that some people make that mistake. Pretty small amount of noodles. Because I'm not big on a lot. You're not that poor. You don't have to. You don't have to. You, you put the noodles in to stretch it. You can. I even. Uh, I even
0: reserve um, two ladlefuls of the ground beef from the bottom of the pot before I put the tomato sauce in or the tomato juice in, uh, just for my own bowl because like Audrey likes hers kind of soupy. And I like a lot of beef in mine. So
1: here's the difference you you make like it with Cincinnati tomato. Chili. You make it with tomato s- sauce. No, no, no. I mean juice. juice. I and make I it. Brown. I just use crushed tomatoes. Mine's a very thick chili. Yeah, mine's
0: not uh, because Audrey doesn't like that way. That's why I have to add the beans, the crushed tomatoes, the chilies, the jalapenos, Welcome to and chili then my dark. extra beef. All after I make the, I'm going to pot. make
2: this argument by transferring one statistical fact that's been, I think, scientifically proven to from one dish with pasta to another is that chili is a thing a lot of people like to make. And then they heat it up for a couple of days. And I believe it's been proven that, like pasta tastes better the next day. Oh, so yeah. if you throw those noodles in day one, then that means those noodles are soaking up that, that chili flavor. And so they're going to enhance your chili in the days to come.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I freaking love Cincinnati chili. You, you guys had privately, Audrey I asked. Love it. Audrey asked about cinnamon rolls with yes, chili. Yes, she did. Was this a controversy? Did you not know um, how to eat the cinnamon rolls? Do you, some people have an associated carbohydrate. There's a lot of a lot of Hoosiers that'll do a honey and peanut butter sandwich just to peanut, go with their chili. Elementary yeah, school, they served it with peanut butter sandwiches.
0: My go-to is the honey and peanut butter. Um, I would go Ritz crackers. The deal was in that... It. Audrey took a trip to uh, Fountain Acres Foods, which is the Amish grocery store in Fountain City, Indiana. And they bought a tray of cinnamon rolls. So she's like, we have these cinnamon rolls. We're having chili for dinner tonight. Uh, She's like, do you just like, you pour it on the cinnamon roll? Do you eat it like, like you would a sandwich? I was like, I don't know. I've never, you know, never done it. So she's like, Jeremiah would know. (laughs) So that's why she asked you. I I said what I would do is I would shred it like it's biscuits and gravy and throw it in. So I kind of just, you know, cinnamon rolls are spiral in nature. So I would peel a piece off and then I would scoop up some chili. It was very good. It was the ultimate sweet and savory experience. I was going to say the other
2: thing too, maybe would be to uncoil the cinnamon roll. whole thing. And then just pour the chili over the top of it. Yeah, the, like a like a a chili Manhattan, but with a I love ball. chili. We have it all year round too. We'll even eat it in summertime. I'm just, I I didn't no like it from school because I'm like real weird about. I'm just weird about cooked vegetables. Um, the texture is kind of strange. <laughs> i gonna admit, I'm just weird. I'm just I like. It's not taste that gets me. It's texture. Like I bite into so like
0: you would like the chili I make for Audrey, which is just beef and
2: elbow macaroni. Oh yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I bite into a tomato that's just like mushy. I'm just like. I, I can get through it as an adult, but as a kid, it would immediately trigger a very like strong response. Yeah, that's exactly physically. how she is. That's and funny. so, um, but y'all, I can get through that as an adult, but yeah. Well, this concludes Zach's final thought on chili <laughs> that he didn't
1: even have. Yeah, he didn't ask for Dakota. You got anything for me?
0: Um, Patreon. P- Patreon dot com slash Boss Hog of Liberty. Go support the show. We appreciate you all. Um, I don't think I. Yeah, I don't think I have anything. Um, shout out to USPS for uh, finding my lost package and delivering
2: it to me <laughs> this week. I haven't had. I haven't heard near as many stories about just dumpster fire shipping experiences. Well, this year. P- patron Andrew Bowman has a problem with
1: his Christmas. Oh, cards. his map was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was. Back and forth. Back, well, no, it showed. I believe uh, that there it, the, the the map shows that his Christmas cards are currently
2: in India. Was it is that the, where it showed? Map. But it showed that they were coming from like Illinois. It showed that they were going to. It was a very strange thing. But yes, there were two dots on his map, and one of them said his wife's name in Brazil not Brazil, Indiana. I don't think it just said Brazil, which is a bit concerning, but the one of the dots was in central India, like in the middle (laughs) of the Asian subcontinent and you're like, good luck with that one, buddy. And he, and that, yeah, that was his Christmas cards. (laughs) So yeah, you never know. You never know what's going
1: to happen. I, it's been spectacular. Every delivery we've had has been on time and well done. I think that the, that part has gotten sorted. Things, yeah. things are
2: so much better than they were last year. I had a package coming back last week that wasn't a gift. It was a, a truck part. And it was the first thing it hit was like, oh, it's going to be here January 18th. I was like, please tell me that that is a joke. And then, so oh, it's going to be here Monday. Oh. And I was kind of following it. And I was like, because I really wanted it over the weekend. And because I was putting a bunch of putting some stuff on, kind of sorting out um, a vehicle. And I was like, hey, I wish you would get here Saturday. And it popped up and it said, nope, it's going to be here Friday. And then it checked. And it said, nope, Monday again. I'm like, oh, and then it was like, oh, nope, it's going to be here. So I didn't up Saturday. So I was excited. Came back in like three days from Florida. Not bad at all. A, I have a, another
0: shout out to give. Townsend Home Appliances in Newcastle, Indiana. They were uh, fantastic. We've been dealing with uh, dishwasher issues. I thought I had to fix myself, but after a couple months, the issue came back. So we decided to buy a new dishwasher. And, They were fantastic, Uh, super friendly service. They were easy to, it was easy to see what they had in stock on their website. Got there, knew exactly what we wanted, took a look around. They were super friendly. Um, They basically told us everything up front. And then whenever we wanted to take it home, they brought it out to the car for us and loaded it up and sent us on our way. Um, Yeah, they were great. Uh,
1: Prices were super fair. Uh, Can't complain. Very good. I was thinking about that today uh, of the the number of small town places that we have that can, you know, you can buy, you can locally buy your furniture and your appliances from Myers and town. You can buy them from Townsend's. You can buy a lot of this stuff right in the community without having to go away and go further away. Uh, and it's because once again, it's this, it's the same theme of us having enough houses, enough folks to support all of these different varieties of businesses uh, that exist, you know, yeah, the big employers matter, but it's also having the population that says, Hey, you know what, I need an H V A C guy and you've got five or six really good quality local companies that can take care of somebody. It's not just the one that you can do uh and you've got multiple high end options. You know, we've got great florists, we've got great mechanics in this town. So many we are on the verge of having so many damn coffee shops that it's unbelievable in this town, and I can't wait to see how that one shakes out. There's a rumor on the internet. Around the t- town, Facebook boards that there's a Dunkin' Donuts, not a Dunkin', or a Dunkin', not Dunkin' Donuts anymore. They just call themselves Dunkin'. But there's maybe a Dunkin' coming
2: to town. Yeah, we're gonna, we have, apparently we were wildly underserved with coffee shops. If there's enough market f- cap for all of these places, Cafe Neo, we've got Jack's, the Mick Cafe,
1: a McDonald's, the the Press, Cafe Royale, Cafe Royale, and then the the is it Scooters? Yes, Scooter's Coffee, maybe Duncan coming to town. We got, where there's going to be coffee shops everywhere,
2: theoretically. Most caffeinated town in East central India. And the old Starbucks remains empty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That said, we need each other. Let's be nice to each other. It's Christmas time. Uh, just, just show some grace to folks. And if somebody has a new idea, let's listen to it. Let's talk to each other. Let's try to find a way to live together and by God, maybe maybe we might have more than 50,000 people here in two or three years if we can do it right. Seven new developments coming to the community is not going to be easy for everybody. I think there's probably going to be some orange barrels. There's probably going to be some semis bringing materials to town. There's going to be some new people in town. But that's good. That's a good thing. It's some, great. something to be excited about. And it might mean that your kids and your grandkids get a better education because there's more resources for the school. It might, you know, that they're... There might be a few short-term pains, but long-term, we're going we're gonna to do better for it. So with that, thank you guys so very much. We will see you all next week.